10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from London, this is the Sunday Morning Breakfast Show with Sobia Iqbal on Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Sobia Stella Sunday. It's Sunday the 19th of June. It might be rainy outside, but we have the best conversations coming your way. How does cultural capital and levelling up help promote languages in schools? Why are languages important? And a celebration of all things MFL. It's another thrilling morning. Prepare for take Live from London. This is the Sunday Morning Breakfast Show with Sobia Iqbal on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash TT Radio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. Um, this morning, we've got multinational and multilingual Rahim, who grew up in Paris, France, where after his French baccalaureate, he obtained two master's, degree, master's degrees in international studies at the University of Paris, where he complemented that with work experience in the French consular in Los Angeles, USA. He then completed a third master's degree before coming into education. He's a subject mentor and developing French PGC students and also an MFL consultant at the Birmingham Education Partnership, the BEP, where he supports local schools to improve pedagogy in MFL. Finally, Rahim also contributed to the Erasmus project of School for Inclusion, where 15 schools in Europe aim to propose the elaboration of effective strategies to develop an inclusive school environment for migrant children. Rahim, welcome to the show. How are you? Good morning. I'm all right. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, Raheem. Um, just for my listeners, I have to apologise. Unfortunately, Podbean has this um, unusual thing where sometimes it doesn't work properly. And so therefore, it does make me and my guests a bit nervous, but we're going to carry on regardless. <laughs> Raheem, can you please um, introduce yourself? Can you just go through your background and what you do? Okay, first of all, I would like to say, Sobia, thank you for inviting me. And I must say that your show is absolutely fantastic. Um, and really enjoyed this thing in the morning on a Sunday. So thank you very much for all your knowledge. Um, so as you said, I am um, from France. So I grew up in Paris. Uh, but originally, my parents are from Pakistan. And uh, therefore, I spent all my life in France, um, just like a simple uh, student learning about the different languages, learning about culture as well. And then uh, towards my second master's degree in France, I decided to travel and have an experience abroad. 
And this is where I had an experience at a French consulate in Los Angeles, where I really discovered the chances to really utilize my languages for the best skills and the best opportunities. From there, I studied a master's degree in University of Birmingham, where I discovered UK and all the different multicultural societies here, and I really liked it, so I wanted to stay here. And uh, then at that time, we are talking about around about 2000, there was an opportunity in school to join as an MFL assistant, which I did, and I really truly enjoy uh, teaching French, which was my own languages in the UK uh, schools. And from there, I became a qualified teacher and NQT at that time, and I carry on from there. So it has been now more or less over 15 years of teaching languages in North Birmingham in different schools uh, and had been very, very, how can I say, interesting, uh, sometimes challenging, but a beautiful experience with fantastic students and really try to help as much as I can for the languages. And now I'm working as an assistant head teacher in a school and director of MFL. And I believe that this is the time where I can help other teachers to also share my passion of languages and tell them to become as much as an outstanding teacher we can. And this is what I'm doing at the moment. Thank you very much for that. Now, Raheem, the British Academy um, with the Arts and Humanities Council and the Research Council and the ASCL and the Universities UK, they wrote a report in 2020 and they said that languages are vital for the future of the UK, but there is evidence of inadequate and worsening supply of language skills needed to meet future needs. And one of the things they said that was that languages are important for productivity, trade and business and also diplomacy, defence and national security. And that proficiency in additional languages is a new kind of global literacy. Um, they also went on to say that language deficit costs the UK 3.5% of GDP, and there is strong language barriers affect on trade patterns. Um, and those that come from disadvantaged backgrounds have less access, and it reduces their chances of social mobility. So can I ask you, what were your reasons for um, going into teaching languages? So first of all, um, it was a personal uh, choice where I really wanted to share to the students that actually languages can be an asset. Uh, many times and often uh, when the people are thinking about languages, they think it's like a secondary skill. Whereas you just mentioned that there is a massive, massive uh, trade in UK from international different uh, countries as well. So first of all, you must teach about the culture, the languages, and secondly, it's a very, very valuable asset. If we think about it, there are more than 40 or 50% of the trade which is coming directly from Europe to UK. So therefore, companies are in massive need of languages as much as French, German, for the uh, industries as well, in different places where we need to have this kind of languages. Because if UK is not developing the future of languages, it can be become a very uh, challenging to trade internationally as well. We can always debate about saying, yes, the uh, international language is English. It is. But nevertheless, when you are doing the trade, negotiation, compromises, having somebody in your company speaking the language of your business partner is always valuable. So these were the two reasons, which was personal, is to share my experience. And secondly, professionally, I want students to understand 
the language is the true skills which can be combined with business with art with uh, maths and it can become a truly massive asset for the future personally this is what my message has been all the time that i have succeeded in my life everything through languages my different opportunities traveling even today if i'm doing this job is because my language skills help me to get this job so this is always have been my message every year every day every lesson to my students thank you now in 2022 reforms were put in place by the dfe um and you know they they said that students will study reformed languages gcses from 2024 to make subjects more accessible and attractive for students and they focus particularly on french german spanish and that was supported by a research review by ofsted to help students build confidence and excel in learning languages um so can you tell me what do you think the aim of language learning are? So uh, there are different aims. Obviously, I, I welcome this uh, reform because um, learning languages, it can be challenging, but it's very, very enriched experience as well. So the government has really uh, helped to continue to promote languages. Uh, since I started over 20 years ago now, uh, many, many reforms have gone through. <clears throat> Sorry, but one of the reforms is called the EBAC subject, which is mean English baccalaureate, where students have got the possibility to have English, math, science, uh, humanities, which is history and geography and languages. Having these five subjects, it can really broaden the curriculum. So I believe that um, uh, the recent uh, framework is also the same as well to help the student to have a broadened curriculum where they can learn languages. Um, so therefore, learning languages can help the student to in a cognitive way. It can be analytic skill as well. It can be literacy skills, cognitive skills. All these skills uh, will help the student to improve not only languages, but also in English. For example, as we know, um, English is got uh, many, many um, uh, words etymologically from the French language as well, because there's such a culture mix where William the Conqueror came from France uh, a thousand years ago. He brings some culture, some society as well, skills, and but also the languages. So there are many words in English which are from the French and the Latin uh, origin. So that is why French needs to be considered as uh, as important as an English math science because it really helps the student to have these skills which can help them in different other subjects as well. And that has been always one of the aim of the learning languages, a part of the curriculum, a part of the diversity and um, culture and multicultural as well, we need to think about as a skills, which they can help them to succeed in other subjects as well. So that is something very important in languages. Thank you. Um, one of the things that I, I've been researching are obviously the aims of language learning as well. And so thinking about grammatical competence, how do you put words together to make meaning in speech and writing? Thinking about strategic competence, how do you successfully navigate the gaps in language knowledge? Sociolinguistic competence, which language choices are appropriate to the context and how do you interpret speaker attitudes from what is said? And obviously discourse competence, how do you 
put language together for different types of texts and speech act. And then you also have something called intercultural competence, which is a person's ability to relate to and communicate with people who speak a different language and live in a different cultural context. Now, um, the government ambition is 90% of year 10 pupils are to study EBAC subjects for GCSE by September 2025. And one of the things they're going to be assessed on is common vocabulary used in conversations, writing, grammar and pronunciation, um, uh, grammar and pronunciation, clarity for um, effectiveness and improving the practical benefits for students. Um, Raheem, can you just go through what, in your opinion, what is culture and um, how does learning languages help? Yes, indeed. So actually, um, many subjects, they are talking about many culture, but I think in the curriculum in the school, uh, languages, either you teach French or Spanish or German, it's always an opportunity to open the horizon for our students. So two languages, obviously, as you say, we can talk about the grammatical rules, we can talk about the different type of structures to create the sentences, but actually it can be also an opportunity to open uh, our students to different culture, different uh, places in the world where they can learn about different culture as well. Because actually, um, in the current society where we are, uh, with the social media as well, we do have often a strong presence of the American culture often, but it is our job in our schools to tell them that there are other cultures in the world where they need to learn also. And that is why I believe the languages can be a subject, can be a lesson where we teachers are naturally offering the opportunity to our students to have a different opportunity to see different languages. So we're talking about, for example, um, the awareness of the students in terms of culture but there are cultures like German culture, the Italian culture, the French culture, the, all the Mediterranean culture, which is as much as important than the American culture, for example, which is very easily accessible through YouTube and so on. This is why we have, I would say, a moral duty to help our students to broaden the culture of our different countries, and that's what we try to do. There are opportunities in the curriculum. For example, you do have in some topic in the French language talking about La Fête de la Musique, which is a festival of music in June. So you can have opportunity to talk about this. You can have opportunity to talk about the French food as well uh, in the different places in France. You can have opportunity to talk about the Italian food, the German food as well. So, of course, there is, a, I would say, somehow a pressure to deliver the curriculum for the exam purpose. But there are also opportunities to have a chance for us teachers to show our students that there are other cultures where they can really learn from it. Uh, it depends on the physiognomy of school. Uh, most of the school have a different kind of audience, but in our school we have a very strong, um, uh, with the audience of Asian culture, where there's a lots of Pakistanis, Bengali, and Somalians. So we use also this opportunity for our students prepare this culture and that is what i think very powerful in languages where of course you learn you teach about the communicative way but you can also take an opportunity depending on the audience of the school to celebrate this diversity to celebrate our differences which can be a strength for everyone and i think that is why languages can be challenging when you learn but also can be absolutely a fun lesson an enjoyable lesson a cultural lesson where we can teach our kids 
something different. And that is what I believe languages will always remain one of the subjects where our kids can have the opportunity to broaden their horizon and their knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Raheem, I haven't told you this, but I actually did study French at GCSE and I didn't do too badly, actually, because everybody else was obviously encouraged to go and learn Urdu because obviously being from a Pakistani background, that's what I was encouraged to do as well. But I actually chose French and I, I was actually quite good at it and I got a grade B. Now, when we're looking at culture, it, I agree with everything you're saying. It's important to make sure that there's no cultural supremacy and that that is part of the process of learning languages to make sure that we do understand that you know this uh this this idea notion that every culture is important and you bring it into the classroom with you as well um and learning a foreign language should also help with building um empathy skills as well um Raheem can you tell us where can we find culture in language and I'm particularly thinking about word sounds and structures can you just explain that to me so uh there is a different way of teaching uh languages obviously you do have the basic way which is obviously learning through the sound so the sounds and the structure is the relationship which is very important about how to pronounce the word and understand the etymology of the word as well. So uh, how we use it is obviously we um, do, like the English language, English literature as well, is to dismantle the word, which is between the prefix and the prefix. And often actually students understand the many, many prefix of the words in French are very common than the English language as well. And this is actually the very surprise to see that. Uh, so this is why, for example, we tell that also the synonyms, the differences. So you have a word which is carry on, which is from Anglo-Saxon, and then you have the French word which is continue. Is two words with the same meaning but different way of expressing as well. So by helping them to teach them the etymology of the word, the dismantling the structure of the sentence, we can help the student to improve the vocabulary also in English, also in French as well. And this is how we now are coming back to the basis of the phonics. Because I think phonics is not only helping them, the students, to pronounce correctly, but it also helps them to understand the meaning of the word as well. And that is what I believe is going to be very important in the future. In fact, I think the new uh, framework is uh, supporting the phonics to come back. Uh, the new GCSE, well, if I say new GCSE, since 2018, there is a new GCSE where included the literacy text as well in the French or German or Spanish. So you would say, yes, it's challenging, maybe, uh, because obviously you need to learn first the basic languages, but then at the same time, we need to know the historical context of this as well. So you do have, for example, a very famous book of Marcel Pagnol uh, in the French society. You talk about Baudelaire, you talk about philosophy as well. And I think that is where we can really raise the knowledge of our students from a simple communication word than the knowledge of the literacy and then the literature of the languages as well. And I think that is something very good. But I'm saying I, I agree, it's not easy, but also it brings the cultural element uh, into the classroom. And that is why I think uh, it's really good 
for the future of the languages. And also, uh, obviously, the the government and the Ofsted framework regularly um, go on about cultural capital, which isn't new, by the way. It's been out for a very, very long time. Um, the link between a person's background and their access to knowledge, which obviously links to economic and social capital, which obviously then links to social class. Now, some people think that cultural capital is giving a book or sending them to see a play. And it's not just that. It could be done in very various ways because you don't have to just give a talking frame uh, so that they learn how to interact and in 1988 in cultural literacy ed hirsch hirsch summarizes that to be culturally literally cultural culturally literate is to possess basic information needed to thrive in the modern world um raheem do you teach culture when teaching the language and can you give examples of things that you've used in the classroom of course uh, there's one thing I always uh, talk about the culture capital uh, a little bit uh, fun fact actually the, fa the fact in 1970s the person who created the concept of culture capital is a French sociologue Pierre Bourdieu Bourdieu and, yes yes. <laughs> yes it's always a, a fun fact because you know when I teach the kids they say oh Sarah so you always talk about French you always talk about this well, what I said it is a fact the culture capital is the concept created by the French. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I've actually got Bourdieu's work written down on my notes here, Raheem. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always uh, fun to tell this to kids. And I said, culture capital actually was uh, to help at that time to spread the certain culture, certain knowledge to all class society. Because the problem was in the Marxist society was that very certain elitist people, for example, the parents were taking them to the theater, art galleries, all these places where sometimes the vast majority of the different classes and couldn't go. So the idea of culture capital was to spread this certain knowledge to all types of society, regardless of your gender, regardless of your class society, regardless of your income, it is an opportunity to meet every single person. So that was the concept at that day. And then after when the new Ofsted framework came out, um, I think it was Mr. Gov who decided to bring this culture capital to close the gap between the independent sector and the public sector, which was Can I just say, Raheem, um, I, I, yeah, Mr. Gov did say it, obviously, uh, in the news and uh, in his presentations and stuff like that. But as teachers and educators, let's be serious, we've always been doing this in education. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, one of the, the most important things for us was the French trip. I mean, who would never forget, as a student in UK, the best time you had was when you were going on a coach in a front, trying all this amazing food and remembering all your best time as well, looking at the Eiffel Tower and all this opportunity that I always say to my staff, the cherry and the cake for a French department is the French trip. And you wouldn't believe how we suffer during the COVID time. But every single year, a French trip is the moment where everything becomes practical. All this knowledge, information we learned it become practical and let's be frank also for inclusivity as well because many students sometimes cannot go to abroad so we help them as much as we can to get access to the culture through the friendship as well that was obviously historically before even culture capital as you said that moment where uh, every single kids of every single school in uk have got the opportunity to go 
but we can also bring culture capital in a different way. I mean, uh, <laughs> you might uh, uh, find it funny, but actually, um, uh, during the COVID, obviously, there's no possibility to do uh, any trip, any 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 different places. But, for example, Tesco was still open. So I thought myself, how can we bring kids to give some opportunity? And many kids are actually going, as usual, with the parents and grocery shopping in a different places. And there are many, many items of food which are from France. Poisson, pain au chocolat, and so on. And kids don't even know this. So it was a very simple idea, simple, practical, cost-effective idea to take our kids and we will do something called the French food hunt. So they will have a 10 list of uh, French food. We will take them to Tesco and then they will have to find them. And they were very surprised that many, many, many items which they are eating are from France, as much as La Vasquerie, which is the French meat, the, as I said, all the different pastry, Madeleine as well. And it was a very simple fact to still continue on to ex show them the culture capital. And that was, I think, something very, <laughs> I would say, very, very uh, surprising, but very good for the students because they loved it. They loved it. Um, and that was something which I wanted to share with you and anyone listening, that is sometimes you don't need to go very far to really show them the culture capital. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, cultural capital is supposed to help narrow the gap between those who um, don't have advantage. And things like that do put it into context because you are trying to show them the general world. Um, and also, you can also do it through conversations with higher vocab and, and things like that, and uh, which, you, which you've just demonstrated as well. Coming back to Bordeaux's work, one of the things that he said was objective. So you could do it through cultural goods, books and works of art. Um, yes. To have it embodied through language, mannerisms and preferences and to have it institutionalised through qualifications and education uh, credentials is what he was talking about. So from my yes. understanding, what he, what I feel like he was saying was, for example, making sure that you have the general knowledge about uh, the subject, the wider vocab, uh, cross-linguistic knowledge, making sure that you have... Um, thinkers, scientists and writers uh, as role models who are obviously embodying that and different ways of seeing and defining the word. So you're looking at technical, emotional, uh, national and even subcultural contexts. Have I got that? Is that right? That's right, yes. And if, uh, if you go outside with a bit of languages now, if I may, for many subjects uh, like geography, history, English as well, are obviously going through the different type of uh, author in their uh, syllabus. So many schools, what they are doing is calling actually in uh, the author to present them the book or present them uh, their work they are doing as well, which giving access to our students to every type of knowledge. So we're talking also about opportunity for our students to have partnership with some of the other drama school as well, for example, that because we are talking always about uh, closing the gap, and this is what the concept of is. So many schools are trying to also have a partnership with their uh, drama school, and there are many, many schools who are open to work together uh, in the different sector to help each other and help their students as well to reach their knowledge. And I think that is also another opportunity for our students. There are many opportunities you can do it. For example, in school, uh, we have something called the lunch time and after-school clubs. Of course, we can talk about sports and so on, but we can talk about also about the debate club. Or, for example, for us, it's going to be the French movie club during the lunch time because kids like to have 
are moving and eating at the same time. That is also increasing uh, the knowledge. We can talk about the arts, which is often uh, not valorized, uh, valued enough. So these kind of uh, subjects, and I think this is why we need to bring back that element of the broader curriculum where we can have approach of arts, uh, music, drama studio, uh, opportunity for knowledge. Great, thank you. Raheem, I'm going to stop you there for a minute because I want to go to the news. Um, really, really interesting listening to languages uh, and how MFL is being uh, rolled out across schools um, and what changes we need to make. We'll be back after the news. Thank you. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. SteveWoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit SteveWoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 pounds in bursary terms and conditions apply find out more at stevewoods.co.uk here at Witherslack Group, we are celebrating the launch of our new Luxborough Court School in Chigwell, Essex, with a very special one-day autism conference titled Enabling Inspirational Education. Taking place on Wednesday the 29th of June from 10am at Luxborough Court School, our event is dedicated to providing practical advice to education professionals working with neurodiverse children and young people. The event is free to attend and presentations on the day will focus on creating cultures of aspiration and excellence, supporting the emotional well-being of pupils, autism-friendly classrooms and managing challenging behaviour. So, whether you're looking to add to your extensive understanding or are new to SEN and wanting to build your knowledge, our conference will offer an amazing opportunity to engage with experts and network with colleagues from across the sector. Don't miss your chance to claim your free ticket and we hope you can join us for what's sure to be a fantastic day. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash events to register or contact events at witherslackgroup.co.uk for more information. 
This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. In an exclusive report in the Evening Standard, Joe Wicks reveals plans to help schools with children suffering from mental health issues. Wicks has said he wants to be a role model to children and young adults suffering with mental health issues. Joe Wicks discussed his mental health in a recent BBC documentary, Joe Wicks Facing My Childhood. He laid bare the reality of growing up in an unstable home with a mother suffering from severe OCD, eating disorders and anxiety, and a father with depression and a heroin addiction. The documentary won praise from viewers and began a conversation which Wicks says he is keen to continue, especially with young people. He said, I think young people are suffering a lot more than we probably know, and I want to do more documentaries around mental health. He also said he wants to go to schools more and uncover things around social media, phone addiction, body dysmorphia and anxiety. Wicks said he enjoys doing school visits but wants to create a platform of resources that schools can tap into and so he can reach a wider audience. Schools in remote parts of Scotland could have school meals delivered by drone if a trial project is a success. The BBC reports on the trial in Argyll and Butte where the local council has partnered with drone specialist Skyport. The council hopes it could be a new way of giving children access to healthy school meals. The drones are currently only able to carry small loads, but they hope to expand if the trial is a success. Friday was reported as the hottest day of the year so far, and as usual, talk has turned to the impact of working in schools in hot temperatures. The Independent carries details of the advice from the Health and Safety Executive, which states that employers have a legal obligation to ensure that temperature is reasonable and that air is clean and fresh. These regulations also apply in schools. By law, there is no maximum temperature, but the decision to close schools can only be made by head teachers. The Oxford Human Rights Hub has said that the provision of stationery is a key component of the right to basic education in South Africa. In a legal case challenging education provision in the Eastern Cape, it found that the government's failure to provide textbooks and stationery constituted unfair discrimination because most of those affected were poor and black. This violated the rights of learners to dignity, equality and a basic education. The judgment was made in 2015, but the right to education has recently been reviewed to fully incorporate stationery as part of the basket of provisions. Schools in the Eastern Cape have suffered in 2022 because of a funding shortfall, but the High Court used the 2015 judgment to force the issue to be addressed. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week's Two Minute Tech is in response to a Twitter post from Tom HB asking what makes a good multiple choice question. I'm not here to discuss the research behind questioning, you can do that on his show, but I can give you some tech that makes a good multiple choice question. Here I celebrate the beauty of tech and all the positives that we can gain. Did you know a lot of multi choice question builders will give you data? It is down to you to decide if the data is useful, however, the data 
data is automatically generated, so you don't have to do any marking. Data can be exported and added to a spreadsheet for quick comparison. Electronic multi-choice questions can be shared easily. They work across multiple devices and can be reused or tweaked in future activities. Individual question feedback is available on the individual or the cohort. Everyone has their favourites. Some allow live synchronous participation, others are asynchronous and can be done at any time. Kahoot is an example of this. Well known by teachers and it gives both of these options and has a bank of pre-made questions from its large community. The quiz platform you choose will depend on the required outcome. Do you want a quick poll during a presentation? Then iSpring will embed into a PowerPoint or a link to Mentimeter will let you get live feedback. Do you want to ensure knowledge is remembered through repetition? Then create a Google or Microsoft form, call it a breakout room and set it to go back to the beginning every time a question is answered incorrectly. This will force the correct answers to be entered to complete the room. And you will be the cool teacher that's down with the kids knowing what a breakout room is. Put simply, electronic quizzes can be great if you use one that suits your topic. Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022 and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Right, welcome back. We are talking about all things MFL and languages today. And just before the break, we were talking about how to promote languages in schools. And we were talking about um, we were talking about trips, and we were talking about um, uh, intervention days. Um, uh, we've also got things like social media splash. So actually, um, enjoying celebrating languages uh, for your department. If you've got a departmental page, you could do that. Um, maybe stocking the school library with books of different languages, and also the European Day of Languages. Um, what else do you do, Raheem? Are there any other things that you do to promote languages in your school? Yes, I mean, as you mentioned, one of the most important was European Day of Languages in September, where we really celebrate as much as possible uh, languages. But I think uh, there are more and more opportunities from universities. Uh, we haven't mentioned them, but I think uh, there are lots of initiatives which are organized by universities, because as you know, there is a little bit challenges for recruitment of languages at the university level. So they are now opening further and further to sixth form and secondary, some kind of initiative. And recently, uh, University of Oxford is actually creating a prize with the translations in different languages. And uh, we participated, like many school as well. And uh, obviously, it gives the, how can I say that, the opportunity for all other schools to participate in a prestigious University of Oxford a prize as well. You do have local universities as well who are offering opportunity. You have some kind of visits. You have something called the master classes where you can go and look at the department there. There is going to be opportunity for them to understand the importance of languages. And I think that is something very important because in some school, when students are towards the year nine, they have an option to choose languages and this is the opportunity for other students to get really the practical understanding why language is important. So a part of the university, I think what we need to bring also is the professional aspect. Um, many, many students think that you learn languages to become a teacher of languages. <laughs> so as you know, it's not true, obviously. So we need to create an awareness for our students that actually many jobs, as not in customer services, in IT, in engineering, there is a high demand of languages. 
And that is what some I try to do as much as possible about all the different initiatives. So I would recommend to contact any universities, the MFL department, they must have some kind of project where you can help the student to promote. And secondly, is always to bring the practical aspect of why we're learning languages, because as I said, it's not easy, but when the student understands that the importance of languages in terms of culture, as we discussed in terms of now economic point of view, multicultural diversity as well, it can become a fabulous subject to teach. And I really, truly hope that people will see that teaching languages is such a, a, a fantastic opportunity for our students to really have this openness, this vision of world, uh, which is uh, amazing for our students. And that's why I try to do as much as possible at any opportunity for our students to show this uh, multiculturalism, multilingualism in any project. And also, like one of the things that um, I read recently, and it's a really good quote, it says that learning a foreign language is liberation from insularity and provides an opening to other cultures and i thought that was so so important in the current climate that we're living in that you know we we need to we need to be accepting and tolerant of other cultures because this is a global uh this is a global issue um that's happening everywhere and languages are very important and they have been for a very very long time and especially if you work in the corporate sector you will find that um, a lot of corporate sector organizations or global organizations do ask for french or german or even italian these days as well um when you're building knowledge about countries and people raheem how do you do that within lessons so um the country is very easy uh, because obviously whichever subject you are teaching uh german italian french uh or it can be some other subject as well you can always uh, tell about the country knowledge and this is where you can talk about obviously the capital the different monuments and nowadays, with that technology, as you mentioned about the social media, there is even a possibility to discover or drive through uh, the cities of Europe through your, um, I would say, uh, interactive board and so on. So it's fantastic how the technology has helped, especially during the COVID time, to increase this knowledge of countries. And I think that was something very, very powerful if we need to remember about the pandemic. Um, the secondly, about the knowledge. And this is where I believe the cross-curriculum projects are extremely important. Often in a school, the department are so busy into their own work, into their own delivery of the knowledge, that we tend to forget that actually in history department, they are talking about the Second World War. And the Second World War happened in France so and Germany. So that is where you can have a cross-curriculum project, topic, or point of learning where you can work together. And this is how the children would really see that actually my learning is through all the different subjects. It's not that I go to maths and I do only maths and that then I don't do the same uh, skills in English and so on. French can be found in many, many other subjects, topics. And that is why I believe that through countries, uh, we can really help the students to learn about this through the different languages, different uh, subjects. Yeah, I mean, um, I know from uh, our school, like, for example, when, when they're teaching MFL, um, they teach a lot of unknown words and they go through the heritage and the history of pronunciations. Um, obviously, when they're teaching 
vocab so it could be formal or informal vocab and they do it in a conversational way as well and obviously um readability and language level is important so when you are teaching languages that's something you need to think about as well and languages are universal um because obviously uh, culture is different from everyone it's your individual beliefs but i do think that it can be made um where i remember one school i was working in rahim we had bring a dish a day a kind of uh, kind of atmosphere and it was kind of like um the mfl department arranged for everybody to bring a dish from their background something that they make at home and it was a great party everybody was you know involved in that staff were involved students were involved you know culture is more than just language it's basically teaching the culture that's inherent in the language and the people and the country it, you know it's really important isn't it Absolutely. I mean, uh, indeed, we did that as well before the COVID, uh, when we have something called the French breakfast. So it's very simple, uh, croissant, pain au chocolat, and uh, chocolat chaud, and so on. And we offer this opportunity. You were mentioning about this project. What we did also is one of the day where everyone can wear their own clothes as well. Yes. Their traditional clothes. Uh, and that was something very good as well for our students to see that actually there is such a diversity of culture within the classroom that we don't even notice. So uh, that was another opportunity which you can do. Actually, as I was saying, yeah, it's unlimited. Uh, everything can be related to languages and culture in any subject uh, when uh, really there is an opportunity to do it. So actually, we're talking about breakfast, we're talking about food, we're talking about languages, we're talking about the clothes. And that is what I believe. And the beauty, and I was saying to you many times, of the UK society is the multiculturalism, and that is why the diversity is actually a very, very strong strength um, in this country. And that is what I'm passionate about, why I do, because languages is somehow in the presence of the multiculturalism and celebrating the differences are a strength, not an handicap, but a strength. And that is what I believe it's so powerful, the languages. Um, one of the things that um, I was talking about the British Academy um, who wrote a report about languages and they were talking about their short-term um, short-term actions for the next 12 months so um, just to for those of you who've just joined us um, at the beginning of the show I was talking about how the British Academy the Arts and Humanities Council Research Council ASCL and the Universities UK all wrote a report in 2020 which was related to languages which is why um, uh, all of this languages um your promotion has come to the forefront um some of the things that they said was that they needed short-term actions and one of the actions were raising awareness uh, and informa information sharing uh, across the UK and um, that languages are just as important than sorry just as important as STEM subjects which they are um, also to make sure the grading and setting of GCSE and A-level examinations were fair um, because sometimes the exam boards weren't being fair in terms of the grade boundaries uh, that they were providing, making sure that there was an advanced languages premium so that um, there was an incentive for schools that have low levels of provision to take up languages, um, higher education funding across the UK to make sure that um, there is enough uh, choice um, to help with social mobility. Um, and obviously, staff and student mobility is also important. Then they were talking about medium and long term actions. So thinking about the infrastructure 
structure and the coordination. So thinking about um, how how the government and the DfE can help actually uh, promote languages within schools further and what actions need to be taken. Um, they also talked about ambassador mentor schemes, um, having recognition of qualifications. So um, there's, there's something called the Chartered Institute of Linguistics, uh, and they were talking about how perhaps using them to help with um, UCAS uh, and things like that within the higher education, um, making sure it's in primary schools, making sure teacher training is good, making sure post-16 qualifications are good, uh, and making sure that there's a strategy for teacher retention. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole report because there is a lot of information, but if you do get a chance to check it uh, out, please do. It's got loads of useful information, um, which is inf which is important um, with, uh, you know, thinking about languages and language provision within secondary schools. And even though it does discuss about higher education, it is worth looking looking at um, seeing what's happening in industry, because I think that's something that schools forget to do. Um, I know there's two schools of thought. I know people argue that, you know, school is for learning and we don't need to worry about careers. There are a group of people who think that. But for the rest of us, um, especially those of us who came from disadvantaged backgrounds, we do think that social mobility is important uh, and we do choose subjects and think subjects are supposed to help um, in the future as well. Um, uh, what do you think, Raheem? What's your what what do, what's the point of having MFL in the national curriculum? And Absolutely. what? Sorry, yeah. I mean, uh, coming back to your few points about what you mentioned about social mobility, I think I just wanted to share about one of the things we expect something. So when um, the Brexit happened, I think like many many teachers in MFL were a little bit worried about how the things will be moving forward in terms of languages and the perception. Of languages. I must say that it's been now a couple of years and things are actually more or less same uh, in the most positive way. For example, I'll give you one of the points is obviously the French trip where we were thinking that it might be some kind of differences, but it is more or less same for the organization. Now, secondly, what I was going to tell you about, you were talking about social mobility, is the British Council and the different, different organizations uh, Institut Francais for the French one, Goethe Institute for the German one, are still helping students with the opportunity to have, uh, I would say, an exposure of language. So, for example, in our school, I created something called uh, the exchange program with the international students, so that it also giving the opportunity to other students to meet students from other school, other, other, other country. Like we do have people from Germany, we have people from Switzerland. So do you have an exchange, exchange, um, what's it called again? <laughs> yes, yes that's it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I think this is why it was really good in terms of awareness and social mobility because we had opportunity for uh, other students to come in UK to experience um, the sixth form at the moment, um, because uh, for the students to uh, hear and see how the UK system works. And I hope in the future we will be able also for our students to go in different countries where they will experience, for example, what is the German system, uh, what is the French system, where, for example, there is no school on Wednesday, but there is a school on Saturday morning, there is no uniform. All this social mobility will help our students to increase the awareness of different cultures. And I think there's something else which I wanted to mention as well, that sometimes we do have a perception 
the French is an elitist language where you only learn grammars or very high schools or different society as well. And by the fact that we teach all languages, including French and so on, give also an opportunity for our students who are based in Birmingham, Manchester, to go to different places in different cities where they can have jobs through languages. And I think the whole point of social mobility is to help students to work in a different places, use the, uh, the skills they learn in school to get the same kind of level of job for any of the students as well, regardless if you're from grammar school or comprehensive school, independent school. Having the skills, including languages, will give you as much as same uh, asset than anybody else as well. All these things exist. And I, I, must, I must admit that when Patrick was here, as many, many linguists uh, in this country, we were worried what would be the perception of languages. And thankfully, I think it has been, as before, um, quite good. Yes, there is going to be always debate about, yes, there is some kind of decrease in uh, entry of languages, exams, and so on. But nevertheless, with the passion of all linguists in this country and uh, people who are promoting and uh, like yourself, the languages, I hope, I, I would like to say, the optimism of languages acquisition will be a thema now if we continue like the way we are, I think. Great, thank you. Now, just to finish off, um, are you using any technology within MFL to help deliver um, languages, the provision of education, sorry, the provision of languages? Um, uh, because obviously we need to think about how can we use technology uh, within the classroom to encourage more people yes. with pronunciation and things like that. Yes, yes, and you, 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 you're right, because I think <laughs> we all remember the, the pandemic time when we suddenly discover what is Zoom, we discover what is Teams, uh, all this new uh, technology and software and so on, and we all did have to upskill very quickly about how to deliver the knowledge. Um, and I think what I personally discover is the power of YouTube. Sometimes we underestimate this, but uh, in our school, we created a very small um, uh, videos uh, for YouTube for a student to get access. But let's say that, for example, there are 12 topics, topics on greeting, holidays, birth families, and so on. So we created very small YouTube videos for our students who at that time, as you know, couldn't come in school uh, for, get, for them to get access to this knowledge. A part of the live session where we were trying to do as much as possible and we were quite good at it, we really discovered the power of social media, the right one uh, for the students to get access to the knowledge. Because I think instead of fighting against the new trend, let's work together. We know other kids love social media. So we need to work and talk to their level, the knowledge and the language they enjoy so that we can transfer. We need to be innovative. We need to be, uh, how can I say, taking any opportunity to reach out to other students that are learning. And that is why for me, was something very, I would say, new to learn about the power of social media and essentially YouTube as well. And do you use something called Senacode online? So yes, we, we do it. But I think we need to continue to improve more on that point as well.
Okay, so as a department, you need to work um, more on that. Um, we do um, we do have some schools that do use Seneca online. It is GDPR compliant. Um, you can do all sorts of things on there. You can have role-playing, group discussion, lots of different teacher activities. There's lots of really good fun activities for children. So if you do want to use technology when teaching MFL, you can use technology as well to do that. Okay, um, what's the future of, of MFL education, Raheem? <laughs> uh, that is a wonderful question, Sobia. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I really truly believe that um, I, I, I had the chance to go many schools. I had a chance to do lots of work in the different schools as well. I went to see a, a big organization, called Association for Language Learning. And I think truly the, the passion, uh, the dedication, the commitment of linguists is above and beyond classroom and i believe that um this passion will overcome uh, the challenges of languages so i would like to be positive i would like to believe that uh, languages is not only in the classroom but it's a way of life it's a way of communicating ideas it's a fact about talking to each other it's about feeling it's about writing your own knowledge as well so therefore, I believe with the passionate and committed pieces we are, it, it can be only positive. But we need to have the support of the government. Uh, and I believe MFL has been always very much um, a, a subject which has many, many, many reform over the last 15, 20 years I've been teaching. So if we have the support of the government in order to improve and continue uh, with the languages, I hope is going to be positive and i think that would be something very powerful the commitment of the teachers the government and finally i believe the diversity of the british society will always have uh, a strong place for the languages the languages regardless we're not talking about French or European languages but because it's such a diverse and wonderful multicultural society the languages will remain uh, very strong uh, in the way of life of our, our students, of our society. Therefore, I want to be uh, positive and I want to believe that we will continue uh, to improve the language acquisition. And as a student like yourself, you said you remember many things. We want our students to remember the, the, the amazing experience they have in the class and they, I hope it will continue like this. Thank you so much, Raheem. What's next for you? Because you've actually been working really, really hard. You're part of some major organisations. You've worked with the Erasmus. You've done so much in your career. What's next? I think I will continue to work hard for the linguist community. I will continue to represent as much as I can in the linguist uh, world as well. And I think I would like to be uh, some sort of role model for as many as students or future teachers where I want to express that teaching is the best job you can do. Uh, I think we don't say that enough, but for example, you and me talking on Sunday morning, all the teachers who are working after school, all the people who are uh, really, really dedicating their own time for the success of our future generation, now I want to be representing uh, these teachers and hopefully continue to be a role model as well. And after that, um, we will see how it will be, but my language will be always my passion, my motto, my driving to represent an equal society, 
an equal opportunity for all our students, regardless of your background. Thank you so much, Rahim. It's been an absolute pleasure to host you today. Thank you so much for giving me the time as well and the opportunity. It's very kind of you. Thank you. Great. Catch up with you later. Thank you. Okay. Au revoir, as we said. Au revoir. <laughs> this episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. SteveWoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit SteveWoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half term and join me for two days and receive up to 1360 £60 in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk. Here at Witherslack Group, we are celebrating the launch of our new Luxborough Court School in Chigwell, Essex, with a very special one-day autism conference titled Enabling Inspirational Education. Taking place on Wednesday the 29th of June from 10am at Luxborough Court School, our event is dedicated to providing practical advice to education professionals working with neurodiverse children and young people. The event is free to attend and presentations on the day will focus on creating cultures of aspiration and excellence, supporting the emotional well-being of pupils, autism-friendly classrooms and managing challenging behaviour. So, whether you're looking to add to your extensive understanding or are new to SEN and wanting to build your knowledge, our conference will offer an amazing opportunity to engage with experts and network with colleagues from across the sector. Don't miss your chance to claim your free ticket and we hope you can join us for what's sure to be a fantastic day. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash events to register or contact events at witherslackgroup.co.uk for more information. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. In an exclusive report in the Evening Standard, Joe Wicks reveals plans to help schools with children suffering from mental health issues. 
Wicks has said he wants to be a role model to children and young adults suffering with mental health issues. Joe Wicks discussed his mental health in a recent BBC documentary, Joe Wicks Facing My Childhood. He laid bare the reality of growing up in an unstable home with a mother suffering from severe OCD, eating disorders and anxiety, and a father with depression and a heroin addiction. The documentary won praise from viewers and began a conversation which Wicks says he is keen to continue, especially with young people. He said, I think young people are suffering a lot more than we probably know, and I want to do more documentaries around mental health. He also said he wants to go to schools more and uncover things around social media, phone addiction, body dysmorphia and anxiety. Wicks said he enjoys doing school visits but wants to create a platform of resources that schools can tap into and so he can reach a wider audience. Schools in remote parts of Scotland could have school meals delivered by drone if a trial project is a success. The BBC reports on the trial in Argyll and Butte where the local council has partnered with drone specialist Skyport. The council hopes it could be a new way of giving children access to healthy school meals. The drones are currently only able to carry small loads, but they hope to expand if the trial is a success. Friday was reported as the hottest day of the year so far, and as usual, talk has turned to the impact of working in schools in hot temperatures. The Independent carries details of the advice from the Health and Safety Executive, which states that employers have a legal obligation to ensure that temperature is reasonable and that air is clean and fresh. These regulations also apply in schools. By law, there is no maximum temperature, but the decision to close schools can only be made by head teachers. The Oxford Human Rights Hub has said that the provision of stationery is a key component of the right to basic education in South Africa. In a legal case challenging education provision in the Eastern Cape, it found that the government's failure to provide textbooks and stationery constituted unfair discrimination because most of those affected were poor and black. This violated the rights of learners to dignity, equality and a basic education. The judgment was made in 2015, but the right to education has recently been reviewed to fully incorporate stationery as part of the basket of provisions. Schools in the Eastern Cape have suffered in 2022 because of a funding shortfall, but the High Court used the 2015 judgment to force the issue to be addressed. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week's Two Minute Tech is in response to a Twitter post from Tom HB asking what makes a good multiple choice question. I'm not here to discuss the research behind questioning. You can do that on his show, but I can give you some tech that makes a good multiple choice question. Here I celebrate the beauty of tech and all the positives that we can gain. Did you know a lot of multi choice question builders will give you data? It is down to you to decide if the data is useful. However, the data Data is automatically generated, so you don't have to do any marking. Data can be exported and added to a spreadsheet for quick comparison. Electronic multi-choice questions can be shared easily. They work across multiple devices and can be reused or tweaked in future activities. Individual question feedback is available on the individual or the cohort. 
Everyone has their favourites. Some allow live synchronous participation, others are asynchronous and can be done at any time. Kahoot is an example of this. Well known by teachers and it gives both of these options and has a bank of pre-made questions from its large community. The quiz platform you choose will depend on the required outcome. Do you want a quick poll during a presentation? Then iSpring will embed into a PowerPoint or a link to Mentimeter will let you get live feedback. Do you want to ensure knowledge is remembered through repetition? Then create a Google or Microsoft form, call it a breakout room and set it to go back to the beginning every time a question is answered incorrectly. This will force the correct answers to be entered to complete the room. And you will be the cool teacher that's down with the kids knowing what a breakout room is. Put simply, electronic quizzes can be great if you use one that suits your topic. Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022 and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Right, welcome back. Um, many, many thanks to Raheem for coming on today's show to talk to us about MFL. Um, I always like bringing on new educators, diverse educators, people who haven't had a platform before. It's always good to hear from new voices rather than hearing the same voices again and again. So thank you very much for that. Really, really do appreciate it. Thank you to all the listeners who've tuned in this week. It's not long left until the summer holidays. Take care and I'll see you in two weeks time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.